Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We are continuing today our sermon series for this summer that we've been working our way through the, the book of Genesis. Uh, and today we find ourselves in Genesis chapter 12. To get started this morning, I need to do something a little bit different. I need a volunteer from the congregation. So somebody came ready to participate today. I'm, I'm for real. I'm not calling anybody in this front row. No, I don't. No, no, no. All right, Brian. All right, all right. Come on up. This is, a, this is a dangerous thing. Brian, Brian here is a former student at Michigan Tech. Uh, now he is gainfully employed and always making wonderful decisions and doing wonderful things in life. So now he's up here on vacation. All right, uh, Brian, here's an important question. Do you trust me? <laughs> All right. And don't even answer. Come here. Come here. All right. Take off your glasses. Oh, all right. Can you see? Not very well. All right, well, we're going to make it even harder, okay? Excellent. Brian, you're a good sport. Now, can you see? No. Okay. So, have you ever done a trust walk, Brian? I don't, I don't think I've done a trust walk. Okay. So, here's, here's your instructions. I'm going to lead you somewhere, and it's going to be good. All right. All right. So just follow my instructions. I'm going to lead him to this place. All right. So just follow my instructions, Brian. Right. Let's just walk straight ahead. Take a turn to the right. Walk, 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 walk. Take two more steps. One up, one small one, and now you're going to step down. Just feel the step. All right. Now turn to your right and walk straight and turn to the right a little bit as you go. Keep walking straight. Turn to the left, straight. Turn to the right a little bit, straight. Turn to the right a little bit. Well, close enough. All right, keep walking, Brian. Reach your left hand down, back a little bit. Okay, that is yours. Pick it up, it's a piece of paper. Take a blindfold off. I'll give you your glasses so you know what you have. What is it, Brian? Five dollars. You got a dollar! <laughs> Without your glasses, you probably thought it was a hundred. But <laughs> hey, you did it! You made it! Alright, thank you. Would everybody thank Brian here? <laughs> Brian, thank you for trusting me. And I said I would lead you someplace good. It might not be great, but it was good, <laughs> right? I think I'm trying Yeah, exactly. You're welcome. I remember the first time I did a trust walk, something like that, uh, I was at a, a Christian camp and I was in later elementary school age and I was there with uh, one of my best childhood friends and we were told to do this trust walk and you would imagine that if I had my best childhood friend with me, that we would be really, really good at trusting one another. Uh, but as, you know, elementary school aged boys, we had more fun running each other into walls and that sort of thing. So. Anyways, the trust walk, right? Today in Genesis chapter 12, we meet a man named Abram, and God asks Abram to essentially go on a trust walk. 
God spoke to Abram and he said this to Abram, go from your country and from your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. God spoke to Abram and he just said these words. If you're a little bit confused and you, you hear me say the name Abram and you're thinking, I know something about the Bible, I thought his name was Abraham. Don't worry, don't get confused. It is the same guy, okay? Abram and Abraham. Later on in this story, his name is going to change to Abraham. We'll get to that later. So right now, we're going to refer to him as Abram, but it's the same dude, all right? So God came to Abram in Genesis chapter 12, and he said, pick up and go. We don't know a lot about Abram at this point, but if we read it in context, if you, just, if you were to open up your Bible and read the, at the very end of Genesis chapter 11, Abram uh, is a descendant of Shem, all right? Shem being one of the three sons of Noah. God had said that through Shem's line uh, would be blessed, uh, and not Ham and Japheth, all right? And through Shem's line, so, so Abram is a descendant of Shem. Shem is a son of Noah. Noah is a descendant of the lineage of Seth. Seth being the son of Adam and Eve. And God had said to Adam and Eve, I will bring the Savior essentially through the line of Seth. So Seth to Noah, Noah down to Shem, Shem down to Abram. All right, so God's following through on his promise from these chapters of Genesis that he will work his plan of salvation through this lineage. God came to Abram and he essentially asked him to go on a trust walk. Now it's a trust walk, but it's not a complete like blind faith trust walk. Yes, he came to Abram and he said, pick up and go. But he didn't just leave him with that. He actually included his promise with the command. And actually, we can say that it's a five-fold promise. Five promises that God made to Abram right off the bat when he said, go. Let me show you these one at a time. First, at the very beginning, when he said, go, he says that Abram will become a great nation. All right? This, this in terms of the, the territory, a land promise, but also in terms of uh, the people that belong to his lineage. He'll be a great nation. The second, he will be blessed with the power to succeed in this role. All right? You will be blessed, God says to him. Third, God says that, Abram, your name will become great and you will become a blessing to others. This is all right in those first few uh, verses of chapter, chapter 12. Fourth, God promises to bless those who bless Abram and to curse those who curse Abram. So this to Abram is a, is a promise of protection. To say, Abram, I'm taking care of you, protecting you from your enemies. And finally, fifth, God assures Abram that through him all nations would be blessed. All nations. Would be blessed, not just in his family lineage, but the entire the entirety of the world. So, after receiving the command included with the promise of God, what does Abram do? He does it. He does it. He didn't even ask a question. He just does it, and he brings a whole entourage with him. At this point, his wife's name is Sarai. Uh, later, you might also. 
think I thought her name was Sarah. Her name will get changed later on as well. So right now it's Abram and Sarai. And then they also bring with them uh, their nephew. His name is Lot. We're going to hear about him uh, later as well. And they've got a whole bunch of other people. And they, and they set out towards uh, the land of Canaan. And they make some stops along the way. All right. So last week... We are in Genesis chapter 11, and, and if you were here or if you weren't, we studied the Tower of Babel, which uh, from Genesis 11 to Genesis 12, there is a really big dramatic turn in the story. Because what happened in Genesis 11, the story was essentially that people were trying to reach God. And God came and thwarted that attempt, and he confused their language, and he scattered the nations. The story of Abram, this narrative of Abram, it features a man who discovers that God has a plan for the entire world. And Abram sees that his role in life is to do what God has asked him to do. And that by doing that, by being obedient, he'll have a, a harmonious relationship with God and actually fit into God's big plan. So Abram sees God as a big plan. God has a plan for his life. And when he lives according to that plan, he has a good relationship with God. So in Genesis 12, we see the way that God prefers to work with his creation. Not man reaching up to God, as happened in the Babel story. God prefers to work by him coming to us. And through this man, Abram, God says, Abram, there is hope for the nations. Just as at the end of chapter 11, at the end of that story of Babel, we see the nations be scattered and we go, is God done with them? Is he done with the nations? And right away, he turns the corner and he says, no, 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 I'm not done. I'm not even close to done. Through you, Abram, what's going to happen? All the nations, all the world will be blessed, including us, as we see the Apostle Paul talk about. And I'll mention that more in just a minute. The message that we should get from Abram is this. Abram puts his faith in God, and he is obedient to the word of God. That's it. He puts his faith in God, and he's obedient to the word of God. How simple is that? <laughs> yeah, how complicated. He puts his faith in God, and, and he's obedient to God's word. This, so far in the story of Genesis, is not what we've seen God's people do, right? What have we seen time and time again in just this short part of the narrative so far? Are God's people continuously saying, no, God, I think that I've got it uh, figured out. I think I want to do my own agenda instead of doing what you have asked me to do. And this all goes back to that very first sin of Adam and Eve in the garden when God simply asked them to listen to his word or be obedient to it. And they said, no, we'd rather have things our own way. Abram completely trusted in God's word. And he was obedient to the word of God. This is how Abram is remembered. He had faith. Abram's righteousness was based on his faith. Let me say it again. Abram's righteousness was based on his faith in God. It's so simple. And it's so true for us as well. 
In Galatians 3 today and in other places in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul looks back to Abraham as an example. And he's saying to the people, to, the pe to his audience, he's saying, what are you trying to do trying to earn your way to salvation by doing the works of the law? Who do you think you are? Did, was, was Abraham credited as being righteous in God's sight because of what he did? No. The Bible says in Genesis that Abraham trusted God, he had faith in God, and that's why God said you are righteous. It's the same for us. When God looks at you, he does not say, I love you because of what you have done. I, I love you. I, I love you only because you keep my word. That's not it. God says, I have made you righteous. Through the death of Jesus Christ and through the resurrection of Jesus, it is like a blanket of righteousness that covers over every one of us. This is the promise made to Abram coming to fruition. God said, through you, Abram, all nations will be blessed. What is the lineage of Jesus? Very literally, you can trace it, and the Gospels do, back to Abram. So through Jesus, who is blessed? You and me. We become heirs of this promise through Jesus Christ. Is that based on our obedience and our works of the law? By no means, solely by the grace of Jesus Christ. Yet, at the same time, should we be obedient to the word of God? Yes. Does obedience earn us God's love? No. Should we be obedient to God's word? Yes. Yes, we should. Yes, we should. Those of you who are parents, think about it. Think about this. Do you, parents, do you love your children uh, because of, of how good they are? <laughs> right? I hope not, right? Unless, unless you've got better children than me, right? I'm uh, sorry, kids. Um, right? But we don't love our children based on what they do or leave undone. As parents, we simply love our children because they're our children. How much more so should it be with our Heavenly Father? He created us and called us to be His very own. He died for us. He says, I love you. It is true. Why would we not desire to be obedient to a God who loves us so much? All that Jesus asks of you is simply to, to respond to the question, do you believe me? Do you trust me? You trust me. I asked Brian that question, and he reluctantly said yes. Jesus says, do you trust me? I hope resoundingly you say yes. And if you trust me, Jesus says, follow me. And as you follow me, be obedient to me. Not because you're a slave, but because in being obedient, you're set free. This is what Abram did, and this is what Jesus asks us to do. We trust him, yeah. Do we believe him, yeah? Then follow him and be obedient to him. In this last week, literally the last seven days, I have had multiple conversations with people in various stages of life going through different ordeals and, and things. And I can't tell you, 
many times in this last week, people have said a variation of this truth to me. They have said something like, I thought I had it all under control. I thought I had it all figured out until I didn't. And then I gave it to God. And I realized that in God's goodness, he's got a plan for me. And I found great peace and joy in that truth. I hope that you can resonate with that. Maybe you've found yourself in that place before, but multiple people have said, I thought I had it all, and then I didn't. And I laid it all on God, and he said, I've got you. We need to be reminded of these basic truths every single day. And the most basic truth, going all the way back to Genesis 1, the creation story, is this. God is God, and I am not. God is God, and I am not. Would you say that with me? God is God, I am not. One more time. God is God, I am not. That's a good truth. God is God, I am not. God is Father, I am His child. I'm loved by Him. Yet what is the sin of humanity over and over and over again? We try to kick God out and we say, no, 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 God, I've got it. It's like we've got the blindfold of life on, and we're, we're, we're stepping out into the world, and we say, no, God, I've got it. I know where I'm going. <laughs> right? And all along, God is saying, I'm here. Listen to my word. I've got a plan for you. I will never leave you astray. So what does God ask of us in all of this? To trust in him above all things? To love him with our, heart, our whole heart, body, mind, soul, and strength? to take care of the creation, to love our neighbors, to love our families. So as you go this week, I told you that God, when he came to Abram and he said, Abram, go, he connected it to a promise, right? He had a five-fold promise. Well, this is a five-fold promise and reminder to you today. As you step out into this world this week and, and you take Jesus at his word, and he says, follow me, be obedient to me, and you say, all right, you're not going blind. Jesus has already made all these promises to you. So let me remind you, you are created by God. You are a child of God. Loved by Him. Intimately loved by Him. Jesus died for you. He rose for you. He's coming back for you. You are righteous because Jesus is righteous. Not because of what you do or you love, but simply because He says, I love you. And finally, Jesus is always with you, and he will never lead you astray. He's not going to ram you into any communion rails or drive you off a cliff. He is always with you and will never lead you astray. May God go with you and richly bless you. Trust in Jesus. Follow him. Be obedient to his word. In his name. Amen.